Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. You can't know what the range is like if you're pretending the range ain't a real thing. It's high noon for Monday, September 20th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator.substack.com and the merch site is cancelcotour.com or go direct to shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Today is the 243rd day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy President Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You, being the smart ones you are, have us... All figured out to the point where you are able to know us so well that you can actually assume our form. You can become us whenever you need to. Our minds and our actions are so obviously homogenous. Our thoughts so completely superficial that just by watching cable news, you can Make yourself an exact replica of us, knowing how we act and dress and speak, because it's all the same. It's just the dumbest, most racist, 
fattest old white man you could possibly find, right? And then you just package that character, put it into a hundred million or so free-thinking American adults, and, well, mass production. It's like the most efficient cookie cutter of all time. You are so good at it, so studied at it, you understand us so well that your prestigious institutions can even copy us to your benefit. It's like, hey, you know what? We need to give our team a little edge. Why don't we send one of our very prestigious institutions out there to act like Trump supporters and mimic Trump supporters? We understand the MAGA mindset so well that we can show up to their groups and convince them that we are them. (laughs) Oh, you're shape-shifting, commie. Congratulations. And, of course, the prestigious institution I'm talking about is the FBI, who showed up at the Justice for J6 rally on Saturday in Washington, D.C., and they just hung around waiting for crimes to happen in their jorts, which I am told are jean shorts. And it was actually amusing because, like, there's these five guys that are all dressed almost identically, and all of them look like they're probably gay sometimes. Like, not all the time, you know? Like, they're just not opposed to it on special occasions. You know, like the FBI. That's what I'm saying, okay? So, the FBI is... At the Justice for J6 rally, and then you've got all sorts of other undercover agents or officers, and they don't all know who each other are. So it turned out that there were a bunch of um, soldiers, I guess, Capitol Police officers dressed up like they were in Call of Duty Modern Warfare and ready to battle people with tanks and lasers rather than, you know, 250 or so peaceful protesters who just wanted to hear people talk about the political prisoners that have been stuck in prison and are denied their constitutional rights, their civil rights, their human rights, because they had the audacity to walk into the United States Capitol building after the Capitol Police opened the doors for them to do exactly that. And some of them actually just had conversations with Capitol Police officers. Some of them walked around taking selfies. Some of them are grandmothers, and they are being held in really deplorable conditions inside a prison in our nation's capital. So some Americans coming out to peacefully talk about that problem and raise awareness And bring attention to that problem. We need. I don't know. What was it? 50? 100? The video's up on the info stream if you want to see it. But these guards dressed in all black. Like just body armor all over them. They're like clear plastic shields. These round shields. They've got uh, a nightstick attached to their belt. They've got their sidearm on their hip. And they have helmets on with these plastic visors that they pull down. And they basically look like they are stormtroopers, except for the fact that they look like a bunch of fucking dorks just walking around 
Washington, D.C., ready to go smash some heads because they're the Capitol Police and they're not accountable to anybody. They were looking forward to it. They actually are all basically dressed like uh, John Candy's character in Spaceballs. And there was some other memes made about this. I'm quite certain I won the meme race to that reference on Saturday. So thank you very much. I'll take my bows. Now, at that rally, these officers, these soldiers, these stormtroopers descended upon a lone masked man. Okay, he had like one of those, I think they call them like neck gaiters or something like that counts as a mask, even though it's obviously not a mask. Same way as like bandanas and same way, obviously, as cloth masks that don't do absolutely anything at all. Um, But they come up to this guy. They realize that his pockets look a little uh, little too puffy for everyone's good. So they start checking him out, find that he has a gun on him and then realize, oh, oh, that's your badge. Oh, you're an undercover agent. So the only person that they actually detained on Saturday was another undercover agent. And we were told all last week by the great Frank Filiuzzi that The FBI absolutely did not stage anything on January 6th and would have never. In fact, it's not even possible. Anybody who talks like that is a conspiracy theorist. But what do we see on Saturday? Nothing but undercover agents. There was no violence. Nothing even close to violence. There was no disruption reported of any kind. And for that, We were told for five or six weeks that this was going to be the run-up to another very violent insurrection. It was going to be a replay of January 6th. The danger, oh, the danger. These Trump supporters, they get together, and there's nothing but danger. They care about America first too much. (laughs) They care about America first so much that they are willing to shapeshift into FBI agents and then create political violence with a bunch of Antifa thugs and some extremist groups that they, in fact, control. Oh, it's so scary. But honestly, this is what we were told to be scared of now for four, five, six weeks. This was an event used by the media and all the little commies out there to say that the big lie was dangerous and that all these people who are repeating the big lie, well... They're just setting up more political violence. We have to be sure that no one can ever say the big lie. We have to censor all these people or else we're going to get another January 6th. And they actually tried to get another January 6th. And instead, they got nothing. They got actual peaceful protest just as advertised. They used that for four, five, six weeks to say terrible things about Trump supporters. Again, they use Trump as an avatar so that they can't go out and simply just admit the truth that the Democrat Communist Party is a hate movement. They hate normal Americans who want to look out for themselves. They only like people who put the state first who put the party first. And you know what party I'm talking about? Democrat Communist Party, party of false decorum. If you don't have that as your priority, 
They hate you. And they are more than happy to lie about the potential for violence just to justify their hate, to rationalize their hate. Because if they just came out saying, yes, they hate everybody that they actually do hate, well, people would wake up and be like, oh, well, that's strange. The Democrat Communist Party sure sounds exactly like most of the hate movements I'm familiar with. There's a good reason for that. Democrat Communist Party is a hate movement. And listen, if you're the sort of Biden voter who is coming to terms with the fact that you inadvertently walked yourself into a hate movement and you want to get out, I'm here to tell you that's great. And we will accept you back in America. All you got to do is migrate back here. And the first step in that process is becoming a redeemable communist by leaving all of those stupid and evil communist ideas behind. Okay? If that's who you are and that's how you feel, then I would love to extend a warm Monday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to accomplish a lot together. It's going to start this week. And I know that there are more people like you every day, Kami. Because people are getting to the point where one issue or another issue is finally enough. You have reached the point where it is impossible to continue defending the positions you have been defending for the last year or 15 months or 18 months or maybe your whole life, right? There's a whole lot of Trump derangement syndrome that people have been afflicted with for the last five years that is starting to, I guess, melt away in some sense, okay? People are understanding that they were lied to and they want to come back. I am telling you, I am telling you, I've got your back, redeemable communists. And my audience does. Our community generally does. You see, all we've been trying to do this whole time is just wake you up. You know, of course, we're going to mock and ridicule you sometimes. But that is entirely justified because the ideas that you have been espousing and defending for this entire time are so dangerously evil and stupid. And you are realizing that, okay, which is great. That's a very, very responsible, mature, intelligent thing to do, to sit back and say, you know what? I, I don't, I actually don't know how I did this, but I do now understand that I tried to solve racism by voting for a man who was mentored by a grand, clegal, and exalted cyclops of the KKK. Right? You with me, Kami? Are you understanding how crazy that is? You did it, okay? There's no denying you did it. Now what matters is how we get back from there, all right? We got to unwind all this. And you got to do it in your own life. We have to do it as a society. But the point is, the most important part is you taking that first step where you say, holy shit, you know what? I understand that, like, the culture got a little crazy. Maybe I was a little brainwashed. 
I was told some wrong things. Those didn't pan out. It just is what it is now. You know, you were imagining that you were doing the right thing this whole time, right? You really believe genuinely that it was racism that made people not want open borders in South Texas. You believed it. You thought that made sense. We get it. I mean, it didn't make sense. It never made sense. You accepted it. Okay. That's just what happened. We don't have to pretend there's something larger at play. All right. And it's not going to help you to pretend it either. Kami. Okay. You don't need to argue for those positions that you held before. They weren't right then. They're not right now. Okay. So let them go. Just say, hey, I believed it. I didn't do my homework. I didn't really research it. It sounded right. I want to be a good person. I don't think of myself as racist. I don't want to think of myself as cruel. I like to think of myself as compassionate and charitable and open to people of all cultures. Right? I get it, Kami. I get it. That's what you thought you were doing. Everybody thought that. I used to be where you are, Kami. I mean... I stopped way earlier. I couldn't have possibly watched all of this happen and still been where you are. And if that's insulting, then I'm sorry. But it is what it is. Maybe you were more brainwashed. Maybe you had a hard time thinking your way out of masks. But lots of societal pressure, you know? The thing is, it's not about me forgiving you, Kami. It's about you forgiving yourself. You got to understand that when you open your eyes right now and look at what's happening on the southern border there is no excuse for that it is a humanitarian disaster it is a crime against humanity those people are being smuggled to that border they're being trafficked to that border you gotta understand that kami okay so it's time to stop thinking that what's happening down there has anything to do with race it's got nothing to do with race, except, ironically, on your side. Your side, Kami, the Democrat Communist Party, the global communist movement, the Uniparty in America. All right. And plenty of Romneys, by the way. There are plenty of Republicans that are responsible for the border disaster. Plenty of Republican supporters and donors and funders like very cheap imported foreign labor. But what's happening down there is a slave trade. They are bringing low-skilled, low-wage labor into the country from other countries, exploiting those people for their political power and stealing their labor. And all of those people in America will be considered ethnic minorities. What part of that doesn't sound like a slave trade? You understand what I'm saying, Kami? We can do this with all your issues, all right? So I know that you thought you were doing the right thing, okay? I know you thought you were doing the right thing. And I know that you think all your COVID policies, you were just erring on the side of caution the whole time, right? Okay, well, maybe the masks don't, like, work that much, but it's important that we just take that extra precaution. We provide that extra barrier. Because even if it just helps a little bit, it's so worth it. Who knows? We might save somebody's grandmother somewhere. 
That's what it all seems like to you, Kami. That's what I'm saying. And that's why you believe that you're right. And you know what's even kind of worse than that from our perspective is that it doesn't even seem like you care if you're right. It seems like you know you're not right, but everything you are suggesting you can argue is erring on the side of caution. So when you turn out to be wrong, no one can say that you are to blame morally because you were doing the extra safe thing. You can define it that way. Or you think everybody's going to understand that so many people held this view. So it doesn't really matter that I held it. I just was agreeing with a certain perspective and it seemed right. But you got to understand, Kami, here's the thing. This is why you have to get right with all this stuff as fast as possible. All right. It is a true moral imperative for your life that you understand this stuff as quickly as you can, because here's the thing. All right. You're trying to mask children. You're trying to implement vaccine mandates on children. Masks don't work. All right. They don't work at all. They are actually harmful physically and psychologically. There is overwhelming research into the subject. There is no research suggesting that your position is correct. Not anywhere, not any time in history have you ever been right about this argument. Okay, so that's part one. But part two is that you can even look at the FDA's own emergency use authorization for masks and understand this. Here it is. It's from April 24th, 2020. And I've talked about this before, but a lot of people don't understand that the face masks are actually being used under an emergency use authorization, which is to say they are asserting there is no replacement available. There's nothing else they could use but the face mask. So the face mask is approved as a medical device for emergency use, even though it doesn't do anything and they know it. Here is uh, number four. Uh, this is on page four. Authorized face masks must meet the following requirements. Okay. And this on page four, number four, the product is not labeled in such a manner that would misrepresent the product's intended use. For example, the labeling must not state or imply that the product is intended for antimicrobial or antiviral protection or related uses or is for use such as infection prevention or reduction. They know it doesn't work. Okay. They approve it. Everyone wears it and society enforces the wearing. Now we have been convinced as a society, not us, obviously any thinking person could see through this fairly quickly, but as a society, we've been convinced that masks are helpful and that we will have to continue wearing them into the future. And now New York's governor is trying to put them on preschoolers. Two-year-olds are being forced to wear masks against a disease that cannot kill them. That is utterly insane. Okay? And this is the sort of thing I'm talking about, commies. If you go down that route, 
If you continue down this path, if you continue to support and defend these sorts of policies, you are not going to be able to claim ignorance any longer. Okay, you're not going to be able to say you were just following the science or you were just following orders. I know that's the excuse that Nazis give. You should take something from that. Okay, there's a lesson in there for you. Regarding the sorts of excuses you will be able to make in the future that people will accept in the future, you will find that people aren't really up for hearing that you were just following the data or you were just following the science while you are trying to make sure that their children have to wear masks so that their children are the ones with the physical and psychological harms brought on by masking. Okay. And that's just an example. There are overwhelming examples. The pullout uh, from Afghanistan was a disaster. The situation on the border is a disaster. The fact that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president who was not legally, fairly, constitutionally elected by real American voters, that's a disaster. And you're going to have to face that, okay? You guys did not do your homework. You did not bother figuring out whether or not the other side was correct. You didn't even consider that they might be. And now this is where you are. You are stuck still defending the preposterous because you are, you think, pot committed. You have invested too much in your position. You don't think that there is a, a, a wind down potential, right? You don't think that people will forgive you. I'm telling you, I am telling you. What we want more than anything is to get every rational person to wake up, understand and admit what they have done wrong and get back on our side so that we can fight for a better future for this country before it's too late. Okay. And just to clarify, I don't believe that we are going to hit that too late moment for the country. I think the country is going to be just fine. In fact, I think that we are on the verge of an American renaissance. That's what I think. But it is going to be too late for you commies because no one is going to accept that you were just following the science or the data. OK, no one's just going to take your word for it, that you were trying to be nice and responsible when you tried to solve racism by voting for a guy that was mentored by a Klansman. OK, you got to wake up. You got to understand everyone on the other side. They weren't lying to you. OK, they were right about all of it. I know it's going to suck. It's going to hurt. It's not going to hurt as much as you missing your moment and walking through the rest of your life with everyone around you knowing that in the moment of truth, you remained on the wrong side. Okay. That's how you go down in history as a Nazi or a good German at best. And that's what's coming for you commies. I don't know how many more times, how many more ways I can say it. If you think you're going to end up okay in terms of your self-image and your public image, which, by the way, is your whole motivation for doing all of this in the first place. It's not like you actually did the research and did the uh, required moral thinking to understand whether or not your positions were justifiable. You obviously didn't do that. So it was always about self-image and public image. And I'm telling you that you are about to lose that forever. Okay, you got to start thinking about it. Now, I want to get to a bunch of COVID stuff today, but before I do that, I want to play a clip 
of the Los Angeles area member of the Democrat Communist Party, Ted Lieu, who is very good friends with Adam Schiff and a Democrat donor and bundler named Ed Buck. And Ed Buck right now is in prison for drugging and killing male escorts that he hired. All right. And remember that he's good buddies with Adam Schiff and Ted Lieu, who are two of the most powerful members of the Democrat Communist Party in the House. Let's hear what Ted Lieu has to say about the protest on Saturday. What do you think is behind these people calling for justice? If Republicans want to prevent the risk of further political violence, all they have to do is say one simple, truthful sentence. The election was not stolen. The refusal to do that and to keep promoting a big lie is harmful to our democracy and it's going to result in further political violence. The people who showed up on January 6th and assaulted our Capitol, they're not heroes. They're traitors. They're insurrectionists. That's pretty simple, isn't it? If you keep repeating the obvious truth that the election was stolen, then there will continue to be political violence. You just got that promise from a prominent member of the Democrat Communist Party. Imagine Donald Trump said that political violence in the country would continue unless members of the opposition party stopped saying something that he didn't personally like because it harmed his political position. Imagine Donald Trump said something like that. Then people would actually have a legitimate case that Donald Trump was encouraging political violence. You just heard Ted Lieu encourage political violence against people who had the courage to speak the truth and say that the election was obviously stolen. There is no way in the world that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes. That's not possible. And as I talked about last week, people are realizing more and more that the election was stolen. The number of people who believe that the election was stolen continues to grow. Okay, we are now over ten and a half months past the election. In the planners wildest imaginations, they did not think the American public would still be talking about this this long after the event. And the narrative is not going in their direction. It's going in the opposite direction It is getting worse for them every day. Continuously, Politico had another piece out today about how the big lie was gaining steam. Their headline was it's spreading phony election fraud conspiracies infect midterms. All right. They're already laying down the narrative that Republicans are going to continue telling the big lie. And of course, they go through all the arguments about how it's a big lie and there's no proof that Joe Biden didn't win. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's an admission that their narrative is failing. The more times they say it, the worse it gets for them. And of course, the article did the same thing these articles always do, which is contact people like Stephen Richer or Jeff Duncan, the lieutenant governor of Georgia. Those were the two in this one and some others, you know, they'll talk to like a Republican pollster or somebody that works for George W. Bush 
and they'll be like, yeah, you know, we think it's really going to hurt Republicans going into 2022 if they keep talking about the big lie. But we really have this quandary because so many people in the base believe the big lie. So we can't tell them they're wrong. And so then we go along with it. And then the rest of the country doesn't respect us. They're playing out like this big drama, like it's very, very hard for Republicans to walk this fine line of not telling the base that they're absolutely insane, even though everybody knows it. But also not going too far into the big lie. So they have to walk the fine line. Hey, here's the thing, Politico. No Republicans are winning anywhere if they don't understand that the 2020 election was a fraud and they better fight against that fraud. It's not going to change. No one's going to give up. No one's going to stop saying it. It is just going to keep getting worse for you, Politico. Sorry. Now, let's talk about COVID for a little while because... I haven't done it a whole lot lately, and there are a few kind of major narrative chunks that have shifted rather dramatically, and watching the communists squirm to keep the prior narrative has been amusing and a little pathetic. So on Friday, the FDA got an advisory board together to hear some arguments and make a decision about whether or not to pursue booster shots for people who are of age to be able to receive the experimental gene therapy up to age 65, okay? So over age 65, they already voted for the boosters to go through, all right? They decided that that is a good idea. And this is all being justified primarily on data they have about the antibody response generated from receiving the experimental gene therapy, okay? They're not really doing much antibody work on anybody else, but they're making the claim that this experimental gene therapy creates protective antibodies against the coronavirus. They're not really able to prove all this stuff, but who cares, right? That's not the point. The point is they need one metric by which they can call this all a success and then get people to take boosters. Okay. The hearing did not go so well for the under 65. They have decided against the boosters. And some of the people presenting data in the FDA's hearing on all of this were, in fact, presenting data that says these vaccines in quotes are ending more lives than they're saving. Okay. That my friends is the opposite of a cure. And if you are out there as a communist, right? Somebody who believes the central narrative, somebody in the party of false decorum, someone who thinks that it is very important that everyone gets a vaccine, including people who cannot die from the disease at all. If you're out there encouraging this, well, there's going to be a moral cost for that. You got to understand that people aren't going to simply forgive and forget. I know you think that's going to happen. I'm telling you it's not. Okay. Now, your whole COVID narrative is falling apart. 
the whole thing. The Lancet published a paper on Friday, September 17th, about the origins of the coronavirus, a very hotly contested debate for the last 18 plus months. This has been a debate since the very beginning. And the Lancet itself put out a now highly controversial paper that said that the evidence was pretty clear that the virus evolved from nature and that anyone who didn't ascribe to that theory, well, they were a conspiracy theorist and they were actually touting a dangerous racist conspiracy that would make Americans hate Chinese people. Now, that's not actually how the world works, okay? People don't just become racist like that. At least, you know, not unless they're members of the Democrat Communist Party, of course. But normal people don't get racist. They don't just wake up one day and they're like, oh, this virus came from China. I hate the Chinese people. That's not how it works. But that's what we were told. That's the bill of goods we were sold by the very, very responsible, very smart members of the Democrat Communist Party and the Party of False Decorum. This paper right here from The Lancet on Friday says, as will be shown below, there is no direct support for the natural origin of SARS-CoV-2 and a lab-related accident is plausible. Well, wonderful, okay? Also, it's plausible that it's a bioweapon. In fact, that's highly likely, just knowing the kind of work these labs do. But right there, they're going to say, they're going to prove in this paper, there is no direct support for the natural origin theory. The very next sentence they say, there is so far no scientifically validated evidence that directly supports a natural origin. And I'm very interested in those words so far, okay? Because this is late September 2021. It's not February 2020. It's not December 2019. It's not October 2019 when the disease first came out, although maybe it was before. So far... There is no scientifically validated evidence that supports a natural origin. Do you understand what that means? So far means every moment up till now, there has not been scientifically validated evidence. That is the exact opposite of what we were told by the media and by these elite institutions and by people like Anthony Fauci. Their claims about the natural origin were always theoretical and not evidence-based. They were going on the idea that there were similarities here that suggested a similar evolution that they observed with the first SARS. This is stating Clearly, there has never been scientifically validated evidence of a natural origin. Okay. So on zero scientific evidence, we were told that we had to just buy into this completely nonsensical theory that a virus traveled in a bat a thousand miles and ended up in a wet market. And then someone ate some bat soup, or maybe it was a pangolin. Who knows, right? We still don't know. We've been told we had to believe that this whole time. 
and that to state the other position was dangerous. How many things do they do this with, which they then find out are completely wrong? I guess we kind of found out the other day that the whole uh, Trump-Russian collusion hoax, that's on its very last legs. I mean, anyone who still believes that is obviously just a dyed-in-the-wool communist who really wants to stick to their guns. But that's even losing more steam, as if there was anything left that these people could hold on to. It's just all getting taken away. And that happens in every single one of their narratives because all of their narratives are a lie. I don't know how much more evidence anyone could possibly need at this point to understand that everything these people rely on to drive all of their cases proves false. When were they right about something that was Trump related or culture related? Did they get Afghanistan right? No. Immigration? No. Masks? No. The origin of the virus? No. You think they're right about the vaccines? You think they're right about the election? Of course not. The mainstream just hasn't accepted it yet. And the reason they haven't accepted it is because the institutions that they look to, their authoritative sources, are all lying to them. And they continue to lie and lie and lie. In this Lancet paper down in the conclusion, it says scientific journals should open their columns to in-depth analyses of all hypotheses. As scientists, we need to evaluate all hypotheses on a rational basis and to weigh their likelihood based on facts and evidence devoid of speculation concerning possible political impacts. Contrary to the first letter published in the Lancet by Kalisher and colleagues, we do not think that scientists should promote unity. This is from the original paper. We support the call from the director general of the WHO to promote scientific evidence and unity over misinformation and conjecture. Okay. They wanted to promote unity. They wanted the scientific community speaking with one voice and that position that they wanted the entire scientific community to speak happened to be the position that helps them fulfill their political goals, which in that case were to protect China and protect the WHO. And what you really have to focus on here, right, is that we have one of the world's ostensibly premier medical journals, right? These are the best experts from all over the world doing peer-reviewed research and then being published in a journal with a what we're told is an impeccable reputation. Nonetheless, they write important paper calling for the entire scientific community to agree on something and they get it completely backwards. It's not just a little bit wrong. It's completely wrong. Okay. They said that the weight of evidence fell on the wrong side while having absolutely zero scientific evidence, all right? And the same outlet is now publishing that and admitting that there was never any evidence. And so, you know, Friday, the FDA has this meeting. They decide not to approve the boosters for under 65. And this is after, as I noted, in Biden's big COVID speech where he told half of America that, 
you know, he wants them to die in a concentration camp, essentially. He told them that they had already purchased all the boosters we need and that they're just waiting for authorization. Well, that authorization isn't coming as fast as they thought. But that's not good enough for some people. And you can guess who those people are. One of them, of course, is Anthony Fauci, who Sherry Markson out of Australia is reporting, has funded actually 60 projects with the Wuhan Institute of Virology in conjunction with the Chinese Communist Party. None of it's a joke, right? All that stuff that we've been saying this whole time, it's all real and it's all coming out just as it always was going to do. Except the problem is now we are six months or a year or 18 months behind in our collective reaction as a society to all of this damning information because no one thought it might be wise to listen to the other side's point of view because the other side, of course, are dangerous conspiracy theorists. And once we begin to accept as a society that competing ideas indicate a existential danger to society. Well, then we create an existential danger to society through our ignorance. It is incredible what is happening right now. So the Federalist, uh, Jordan Davidson in the Federalist today, uh, the headline is the White House does booster shot damage control after failing to get FDA support. OK, the White House is doing damage control on its rhetoric, promoting covid-19 booster shots after the U.S. Food and Drug Administration rejected the administration's plan to roll out extra shots for all Americans. Why would the administration be planning that? Why is it the goal of the Biden administration to give people extra shots of the experimental gene therapy? Does that make any sense? Why would they want that? Right. It either works or it doesn't work. It's either necessary or it isn't necessary. There should be no wanting of it. You want something if it helps. You don't want something if it doesn't help. They're told it doesn't help, but they didn't stop wanting it. And part of the problem here is that they didn't get the data they thought they were going to get. The CDC adjusted how breakthrough cases, you know, infections in the vaccinated were going to be measured and recorded. They decided to stop reporting breakthrough cases altogether unless they took the person to the hospital or the person died. And of course, you count as unvaccinated until you've had your last dose and two weeks have passed. So those people don't even count as vaccinated. Where are they going to get the data? Well, they can't use Israel's data. That's what they didn't want to do. They didn't want to use data from Israel or the UK on this Pfizer booster. So they wanted to just use the data from the United States that was set up to be misrepresentative of the reality. That's what they were going to go on. And it didn't work. So they didn't get the data they needed to make this thing happen. And now they're upset about it. Kind of speaks to their motivation, doesn't it? An FDA panel overwhelmingly voted on Friday against the Biden administration's plan to implement booster shots of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine to people as young as 16 years old after they found there was not enough evidence to support extra shots for every age group. The White House previously planned to move forward with supplemental jabs for adults beginning as early as the White House's September 20th deadline. That's today but only got the green light from the FDA to begin emergency approval Pfizer booster shots for people 65 and older. 
or at high risk for a severe case of the virus. The pressure from the Democratic president and his administration to approve a, quote, premature and unnecessary, end quote, plan that scientific data does not conclusively back up, reports indicated, caused strife within the regulatory agency and even pushed several high profile FDA officials to resign before penning a strongly worded letter urging against the boosters. Dr. Anthony Fauci previously claimed there's very little doubt that the boosters will be beneficial and said it, quote, would be a mistake, end quote, if the FDA committee didn't vote in favor of the administration's plan. Isn't that amazing? If they say we don't think there's enough data to do a booster, then so be it. I think that would be a mistake, to be honest with you, Fauci said last week. What data did Fauci cite? What evidence is there? Please do tell me, Nazi doctor Anthony Fauci. I would love to know. Fauci changed his tune to support the committee on Sunday when CNN's Jake Tapper asked him to clarify his stance. No, I mean, I, you know, what I was saying, that mistake, my own personal looking at this again, just because I look at the data and say I would do it this way. That's the reason why we have qualified groups of people who together as a committee examine all the data and make a decision, Fauci said. Okay, so I have no problem at all with their decision. The thing I'm saying is that data will continue to come in, and I believe you're going to see an evolution of this process as we go on in the next several weeks to months. Isn't that incredible? He's just standing there saying, okay, yeah, I know that the data doesn't support my position, but being the person I am and the person who has control over these sorts of things, I think we're going to see some data that supports my position come in very soon. And then I'll get my way. That is not the science. National Institutes of Health Director Francis Collins similarly tried to downplay the FDA's rejection of the White House's rushed plan by claiming that the implementation of boosters for older populations is still a win for the administration. Back during the campaign, Biden talked a lot about follow the science. Isn't announcing a specific date and a specific plan for the general population before any of the regulators It says regulars, but I think it's regulators. The FDA, the CDC have approved it. Isn't that the exact opposite of follow the science? Fox News's Chris Wallace asked, I guess, accidentally. <laughs> they did encourage and vote for the administration of boosters to people over 65 and those at high risk of exposure, Collins noted. He went on to claim that, quote, those are the people who would most like who would be most likely to reach that eight month period and that he doesn't think, quote, there's huge differences here. So I'm not sure exactly how that's answering Chris Wallace's question. But then again, Chris Wallace asked him the sort of question that Francis Collins is not going to want to answer. So what we have is the White House, the director of the National Institutes of Health, Francis Collins, and the director of the NIAID, Anthony Fauci all agreeing that even though the data doesn't support what they want, they're not giving up on what they want at all and that they are going to eventually get the data they need to be able to convince the FDA to allow it. And again, this would just be another emergency use authorization. All of this is anti-science. They are doing such a disservice to science and to the public's understanding of science and to the public's faith 
in the public health and the public science community. Who is going to trust any of these people ever again? I'm not going to. Why would anyone? There are reports all over the world now from people who work in hospitals talking about how they know the standard of care is actively killing people who don't need to die. That's horrifying. That's a crime against humanity. And these reports are not going to stop coming in. You know, I don't know what the timing is right now. These people should have stepped forward a long time ago. I don't know how any, any of these people sleep at night, to tell you the truth. But I really do hope that some whistleblowers start showing up. It seems to me like it's becoming more convenient to be a whistleblower now as the vaccine mandates are beginning to affect the healthcare workers and they're being potentially laid off and put out of their jobs. I don't know if maybe they just held on to it for this long so that they could keep their job and they were fine to go along with these crimes against humanity. And now that they're not getting paid for it, maybe they're going to speak up, which I don't have a lot of respect for, but the truth is the truth and we need the truth to come out no matter how it gets out. Project Veritas is supposed to be dumping some real stuff this week and next week. And I hope that that lives up to the hype that James uh, O'Keefe has given it to this point. So following on the FDA's decision to not go forward with their booster shot program for people under 65, Pfizer came out today and is now saying that the COVID vaccine is safe and effective for kids ages 5 to 11. Got that? All the VAERS data that comes out, the people in the FDA hearing that talk about how the vaccine kills more people than it saves, all of the knowledge that we have about things like myocarditis and pericarditis, the fact that the vaccine can actually be really bad for certain people, the fact that autopsies done on people who have taken the vaccine show that the spike proteins invade every organ in the body. And we are going to do this now to five to 11 year olds. And they're going to do it with the consent and agreement of all these Democrat Communist Party parents. It's insane. There was an article in the Atlantic on Friday about how all these parents around the country, I think they were talking specifically in California, but I've heard it happening in other states as well. The parents are misrepresenting how old their children are so that the children can get vaccinated, even though they're under 12. These parents are simply offering their children up on the altar of scientism. This is a real sickness. It's like, okay, well, you know, I don't think my child is going to die, but if they do, at least it will give us more information about science. How can you as a parent think that? I think we really need to take a step back at some point and understand that there is a big chunk of the population right now that is so brainwashed, so deranged, so delusional, and so scared that they are willing to sacrifice their own children. You know, I saw a, a friend of mine sent me a, a reaction, an interaction, I should say, that she had on, I don't know, Facebook or Instagram. And she had explained a bunch of problems about the, the vaccination. And the person that she was talking to wrote back simply, who cares? And it's not just like, who cares about you saying this or who cares about these problems? 
I feel like what she's saying in her just dysfunctional stupidity, like these are, these are people, I don't understand how they get through their day. Like you can't not be that dumb. But I think what she's saying is who cares? This pandemic is so dangerous and so deadly that we need everyone to get vaccinated. And there's nothing else she thinks beyond that. She doesn't think, oh yeah, if you're vaccinated, you can still get it. You can still transmit it. You can still get a serious case of the disease and you can still die from it. She's not thinking that. She's thinking that somehow everybody getting vaccinated is going to allow us to have herd immunity because these these people don't even understand the concept of herd immunity originally, obviously, but they don't even understand what herd immunity is. It's like they think that if enough people take the shots, then the disease is just gone. Like that it's just a straight line. That's point A, point B. There's nothing else between it. You get to 90% vaccination, the disease is gone. There's no reason whatsoever to believe that. And no theory of herd immunity, even the new one, says that herd immunity works that way. But they still believe it. She doesn't care that people are going to die because the disease is that scary and that deadly. This is from the New York Post today. Emily Crane about the, the 5 to 11, right? Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine has been found to be safe and effective in children aged 5 to 11, the drug maker said Monday. Okay? The drug maker said it. The people creating the vaccine have decided that it's safe for 5 to 11-year-olds based on, you know, a few hundred, a few thousand, sorry, people that they have currently injected with it. That's what they're going on. Are they going on 10 years of data? No. What are the long-term effects? They have no idea. They don't care. And apparently neither does the New York Post because they are reporting it as if Pfizer's opinion on this matter should be taken as fact. The vaccine created by Pfizer and German partner BioNTech generated a, quote, robust, end quote, immune response in young children during clinical trials, according to the company. Pfizer now plans to use the data from the clinical trial to seek authorization from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and other health regulators for the 5 to 11 age group, quote, as soon as possible. The vaccine is already available for anyone 12 and older in the United States after being granted emergency use authorization. Pfizer said the 2,268 children participating in the trial were given two doses of the vaccine 21 days apart, and they had comparable antibody results to teens that were included in an earlier trial. The young children were given a much lower dose, about a third of the amount that is used for teens and adults. Okay, so again, focus here on what they are saying the benefit is. Okay, comparable antibody results to teens that were included in an earlier trial. That's the extent of it. They're like, yeah, it gives an antibody response. <laughs> and that's enough for them to stick this in your six-year-old. And you know, by the way, that this isn't just an emergency use authorization so that parents can go get it if that's what they want for their children, which obviously is a horrifying circumstance that nonetheless exists and that we cannot currently prevent. So this is going to happen and children are going to die for absolutely no reason because their parents are so obsessed with scientism 
that they are willing to make their own children part of this macabre experiment. The side effects of vaccine, including sore arms, fever or achiness, were generally comparable to those found in a trial of those aged 16 to 25 years. Now, I wonder if they're doing the sort of thing where the children who die spontaneously from the vaccine, which does happen, are counted as unvaccinated and removed from the trial. I would not be surprised if Pfizer actually did that. Unlike earlier vaccine trials that measured efficacy of the shot, this trial did not compare the number of COVID cases in vaccine recipients to those who had received a placebo. The trial for young children compared the amount of neutralizing antibodies induced by the vaccine in kids to the response of those aged 12 over 12 years. That's it. They just compared the results of the antibody test that they gave to these kids. The vaccine was around 95% effective in the adult clinical trial. Okay, that was a long time ago. You remember them saying 95% effective. Turns out now they're saying it's 39% effective. Israel is one of the worst locations in the world for the coronavirus right now. However you would like to define it, we could have that as a separate conversation. I understand. The most highly vaccinated places in the world are doing the worst. The efficacy simply does not exist. There is better evidence to assert that the vaccine is causing the problem than there is at this point to say that there is 95% efficacy at all. To even hint about that still being a relevant metric is utterly insane. The data from the latest trial hasn't been submitted for peer review, but Pfizer says it expects to include its finding in a submission to the FDA for emergency authorizations. Oh, well, that's reassuring. Since July, pediatric cases of COVID-19 have risen by about 240% in the U.S., underscoring the public need, public health need for vaccination, Pfizer's CEO Albert Borla said in a statement. Now, what might make pediatric cases of COVID rise by 240% in the United States. Well, mass testing of children would create a rise like that, especially if you're still using a test that yields 90 plus percent false positives, which they certainly are doing. And if they are testing kids to go back to school or to do other activities, then they are going to find more positives. There is no point in the number of positive tests that they could get from testing kids that would begin to indicate that COVID-19 could create serious negative health, health outcomes for children. That has never been proven at all. It's never even been hinted at. And we're still doing this. These trials provide a strong foundation for seeking authorization of our vaccine for children 5 to 11 years old. And we plan to submit them to the FDA and other regulators with urgency. Yeah. They are pretending that this is going to save your kids. And by pretending that they're going to save them, well, then they're also pretending that your kids are in danger and they know that's not true. OK, there is no responsible medical person, scientific person, any person in pharma or anything that could possibly say based on evidence that COVID-19 presents serious threats to children. The data does not support it at all. The implication that it does is the basis of this. And that is absolutely sick. 
Pfizer's announcement comes just as children return to school and amid the spread of the highly contagious Delta variant. Always the highly contagious Delta variant. The highly contagious Delta variant is a bigger problem in places that are highly vaccinated than it is anywhere else. And why is that? Oh, yes, because the vaccine, of course, is causing the mutations in the first place, is it not? They understand the science of that. They understand how leaky vaccines work. That's what we have going on here. Either that or it's just the spike protein in the vaccine causing the problems in the first place. And there's a whole lot of evidence for that as well. Moderna is also currently studying its vaccine shot in elementary school aged children. We should all feel so great about that, shouldn't we? Imagine being the parent who's putting your kid in this trial, like in the trial trial, in the proper trial, right? You're not even waiting for the trial to finish. You're not even waiting for Pfizer to lie to you. You're just like, hey, you know what, Pfizer? Let's give it a shot on my kid. I'm going to help save the world. That's what these parents are doing. Of course, getting your kid vaccinated at all at any point with this is an experiment. You are putting your child into a medical experiment that could cost your child his or her life. And you're still doing it as a parent. These people are absolutely sick. Now, I am looking forward to a big week. On Friday, we have supposedly the report on the Arizona audit. There's a lot of stuff going on before that. Action in Georgia, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania. You just got to keep it rolling. We are winning every day, okay? Yes, all this stuff sounds bad. I'm telling you about their side overreaching, all right? But there is pushback on every single level here, okay? And it's our responsibility to continue spreading this truth everywhere so that people will not, for instance, go vaccinate their eight-year-olds, okay? At some point, this message has to be communicated to everybody. We need to get it to everybody. And I know that it doesn't always feel like we're getting ahead or it sounds like we're getting ahead and then everything seems like it grinds to a halt. Ebbs and flows, guys, ebbs and flows. Some days are going to be bigger than others. Some days are going to feel like a little bit of a setback. I know we all felt that at the beginning of last week, especially after the Gavin Newsom thing. I guess that was middle of last week. But I understand those feelings. Regardless, we keep moving ahead because we win. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago.
You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. You can join the discussion at t.me slash I'm reasonable. I'm also on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator.substack.com and the merch site is cancelcouture.com. You can also go direct to that at shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. I'll see you next time out on the range. as moderator for tonight's broadcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social getter and gab at i'm your moderator i also have channels on rumble and BitChute. if you'd like to follow the writing you can find me at i'm your moderator.substack.com the merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture if you'd like to support the podcast financially the best place to do that is kofa go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!